Have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever like helped your mom with the groceries or whatever? And like you can you try to get them all at once because you don't want to do two trips. And then you feel your hands like tearing from those stinking plastic bags. They like rip your hands up because they're so heavy. How many of you guys have gone on snowpack with us? Any snowpack fans in the room? All right, so snowpack is our ski trip. And uh, it's awesome. You guys should check it out. Every year we do it. And last, a couple years ago, we were making spaghetti one night, and we realized we didn't have spaghetti sauce. So we had to, like, run to the store. We have this huge bus that we're taking for, like, two people to go to the store. And we'd get, like, tons of those. All they had was the glass jars of spaghetti sauce. So they give them to us in those same plastic bags, and we're just carrying tons and tons of really heavy spaghetti sauce. And as we get back, we get off the bus, and there were some really, really nice guys from our trip who were just servants and the whole deal with humble hearts. They showed up. They were so nice. And we're like, oh, thank you guys so much for coming to help us because where the bus parks and where our cabin was was like this really long walk, like straight up the mountain. So we're so grateful that these dudes showed up, right? So they take almost all the bags. And I'm left with like one bag, I think, is all I had to carry. And it was the two reject jars that like weren't the right brand. They tasted gross, but we'd mix them in, you know, you wouldn't know. And they were in plastic. So no big deal. It was really light. So these guys who are so helpful start carrying the bags. And within seconds, you just hear smash, 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 smash. And then like it had to be maybe 15 seconds. Every single jar of spaghetti sauce had broken through those plastic bags and just like made this path of spaghetti sauce all the way up to our cabin. It was crazy. I was like, you guys are so helpful. Thank you so much for showing up. But have you guys ever done that? Have you ever tried to like do something where it's just hard to do because there's too much? You know, like it's you're weighted down or there's obstacles or like if you've ever had a puppy, uh, you know, like what that's like to try to like take care of a dog in your house. It's like doesn't know anything about like potty training or not chewing everything in the house. So everywhere you go, it's constantly like this little tornado and you try to like keep them like rallied up. Have you ever felt that feeling in your life where like you just you have a goal? Maybe you're one of those people that's really motivated. And you're really focused and you're like, maybe with schoolwork and you're, you have a goal and you want to reach it and you'll, but then there's all these things like distractions and friends and other people that come along that keep pulling you away from your goal. And it's like, man, why is this so hard to do? And it's because of all these distractions and obstacles that are in your way that are weighing you down and pulling you back from what you're trying to accomplish. And uh, that's what we're kind of looking at tonight. We're starting a new series tonight. And it's called Into the Wilderness. And we're going to be looking at Jesus and how Jesus battled temptation. See, there's something that we don't talk about a whole lot in church anymore. In churches, I should say. We do here, though, right? Um, it's this word called sin. It's become like this filthy word, like a really dirty word. Because nowadays, even churches and denominations of churches are starting to say, like, well, that's cool for them. Like, we know the Bible says don't do it, but, you know, like, they're not hurting anybody, so just just don't say anything about that. Let's just say that's okay. And they're picking all these different sins, and what they're saying is, like, that's not sin anymore. It's okay to do. But then you and I look back, and we're like, wait, right here in Scripture, it says that that's a sin, and so how are you making a vote saying that it's not anymore? Didn't God say it is? And so what you and I end up with is this like question in our head, like what is sin? What isn't sin? It's just something we don't talk about. We don't want to offend people nowadays. 
But the truth is that it's, it's not that it's offensive, it's just that it's true. And we need to know truth so that we can live our life the way God designed for it to be. So we can live our life to the fullest with freedom in this awesome way that God has planned out for you. But if we don't know what sin is, if we don't know truth, then we can't do that. And so I want to invite you guys, tonight's message is called Pack Lightly. As we go into the wilderness with Jesus, we need to pack lightly. And the deal is that we don't want all these burdens on us to hold us back as we're trying to go live for Jesus. How many of you guys in this room, you believe in Jesus? Raise your hand real quick. I believe in Christ. I'm proud of it. Thanks. That's awesome. You guys can put your hands down. This is for you then, right? Because I'm in that boat. I'm trying to live for Jesus. And as I'm studying this passage, it's helping me figure out some stuff that I want to share with you. It's helping me learn how to walk with Jesus the way he's asked me to. If you raise your hand, you're not just saying, I think Jesus is cool. You're saying, I follow Jesus. Like, I walk with him. I want to be like him. That's what you're saying. And so this passage is going to help us figure out how to do that. When all these obstacles and burdens and things come our way, how do we still keep following Jesus? So read with me. We're in, um, we're in Hebrews chapter 12. And we're right at verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 to 4 together. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So this passage, what it's doing here the Wednesday before Easter, is it's pointing us to Jesus. It's telling us that as we're on this walk with him, as we're trying to be like him, the thing that we need to, whoa, hey, there you are. It's like angels, Okay, that's awesome. There you are, right? And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to walk like Jesus. You're trying to be like Jesus. And so this passage is telling us that the only way to do that is by looking at Jesus, using our eyes and saying, what's the thing I want to focus on? Because there's a lot of stuff to focus on. I know you guys know that. There's tons of stuff in this life every day you can get up and go focus on because there's a lot of cool stuff around you. Especially with our day and age, the technology that we have. I mean, I could spend hours just like Googling cool things on the internet. And there's lots of stuff that wants to distract us and get us to look at it and focus on it until eventually we look up and we're like, man, I wasted so much time focusing on this. And Game of Thrones is awesome, but I totally forgot about Jesus. And so this passage is asking us, saying, Do you really believe? Do you believe enough to say, Jesus, I'm putting my eyes on you and I'm not turning away? And so let's walk through this real quick together. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, listen to what it tells us to do. Let us also lay aside every weight. Obviously, I just told you that story. We watched that, that movie, that video, because it's illustrating something important about this passage. Those bags are like sin for you and me. 
What sin does is, as you're trying to walk with Jesus and be like, this is what God's called me to do. This is how God's called me to live. Sin is like that bag in your hand. And it's catching up on the roses, right? And it's catching up on the fence over here. And it's holding you back. And you're trying to sprint with Jesus and be like, this is awesome. Life is awesome. Following Jesus is awesome. And sin's going, hold on, Rob. Get back here. God's calling me to go be a missionary on the mission field. This is so cool. And sin's like, no, no, no. You're scared. You don't want to do that. Hey, wait, there's way too much cool stuff here. There's video games. There's technology. There's luxury. There's all this cool stuff. Don't go in the mission field. Don't waste your spring break to go to Guatemala. Don't waste your money that you could use on something else to pay for a mission trip. That's crazy. And that's sin. That sin grabbing you going, that's dumb, that's stupid, why would you do that? And sin, sin drags us back by making us feel guilty. You can't go on a mission field. You can't go tell people about Jesus. Do you remember where you were last week? Do you remember what you did last year? It starts to make you feel guilty and ashamed and puts embarrassment in you and it takes your confidence in Christ away and makes you focus on the fact that you're just not good enough. And sin says, don't go do that. You see, sin has all these different ways that it's going to grab onto you and weigh you down. And so that's why we're told here in this passage by the author of Hebrews, he's like, listen, take all those sins, like those, those grocery bags, throw them in the lawn. Like, get rid of it. Get rid of the guilt. Get rid of the shame. Get rid of the distractions and all these other things that are calling you away. Toss it aside like you threw that milk down in a little tear, right? That was a funny part. I like that part. But it's like, splash. Like, that's what I want to do with my sin. I, I want to look at Satan and be like, stop, man. I love Christ. I don't want this anymore. I don't want to have to walk around carrying this guilt in my heart. I don't want to constantly be reminded of the things I've done in my past. Jesus has died for me to set me free. Let me live that way. Let me be able to answer God when he says, hey, Rob, that's what I want you to do. I'm calling you to follow me and obey. And I'm like, God, I don't, I mean, I want to be able to look back and go, here we go. Come on, send me, tell me where to go. But when sin grabs you and you let it and you're so stuck in all these different things of life, It's just a lot harder to look back at God and obey because you're so weighed down by sin and it says it entangles you. Look, the next phrase says, and sin which clings, in this version, so closely, it tangles you up. You ever have like a little brother or sister? Ever. Do any of you have a little brother or sister? Like, okay, so how much do they follow you around or did they? You ever get followed around? They go in your room. They go wherever you go. They're always asking you questions. They're like always in your business. And you're like, ah, you're so clingy. You know, like, get away from me. I love you, but I'm going to smack you. You know, like, it's one of those. Right? (laughs) Yeah, you're like, amen. I don't know. Maybe we're sinning right now. I'm not sure. We might need to repent. But we love our little brothers and sisters. But you understand the dynamic, right? And, And sin is so much worse. Sin is like this tattoo that just doesn't want to come off. And you can't get it off. Alone by yourself in your own strength, there's no way you can take the sin in your heart and just make it go away. You can't do that. See, the only supernatural power can do that. It's only through Jesus that that sin can come off 
and stop clinging to you and you can really be free. Live the way you're meant to live, the way you were designed to live. And so the author of this book says, hey, listen, you need to take that and you need to throw it to the ground. You need to get rid of it so you can be free. And, uh, man, I remember <laughs> I went to Jefferson. Who's, who goes to Jefferson here? Okay, so you guys remember this. I went the, the day it hailed really bad. I went to Jefferson that morning. And uh, I think I was speaking at Jefferson and their FCA. And so I show up and I got like all these dozens of donuts in my hand. And I have two gallons, like a gallon of milk and a gallon of juice in this hand, donuts in this hand. There's napkins they very politely put on top of the boxes so the wind could blow away. So I was trying to hold that. And I'm like, I just get inside the gate. And at Jefferson, there's like this little overhang over the hallway. And then there's like, I don't know, like 25 yards of no overhang till you get to the gym where everybody is. And I'm supposed to show up to like speak. So I make it to the little overhang. And out of nowhere, it's just like, like the sky just opens up and hail is like pouring. And I'm just like, what? Is, is this the end of the world? Is Jesus coming back right now? Like what's happening? And I'm like, do I eat all the donuts? If it's the end of the world, I mean, I get them, right? Like it's one of those. So I don't even know. I'm so conflicted. And I'm standing there. And this other teacher, this poor lady is just like holding her computer. And she's stuck with me under this. And that morning I had been shaving and I was running behind. So I had cut my lip shaving and it wouldn't stop bleeding. So like I had this ugly piece of like tissue paper stuck on my lip and the rain got it to fall off and now I'm bleeding all down my shirt. So I'm covered in blood, holding donuts. It was so against OSHA standards, right? It's not healthy. And so I'm standing there and it's cool, except Jefferson has this like really cool thing right by their front gate where I was standing. Um, so I'm standing there. I'll tell you about what that in a second, but I'm standing there and I'm just in a moment of like, God, please help me. Like, just give me strength and patience right now. And as I pray that, this like really cold rush just comes over me. But it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was this drain pipe right behind me that Jefferson has that had just let all the water go and soaked me like up to my knees. And I'm just like, Lord, like why? It was a crazy morning. It was a crazy. I didn't even tell you guys that. Uh, I didn't want you to be distracted. But so that was a crazy morning. Luckily, my car, my truck didn't get dented by the hail. I know a lot of people did, but God was gracious in that. So it was it was wild. But the thing I remember is how difficult Every step was. Every single step I took was just like, how am I ever going to make it? And I'm thinking, there's kids inside there. Some of them don't go to church. Some of them don't know Jesus. And you guys who go to Jefferson, you know, you know who those guys are, right? And I'm thinking, I need to get in there and share the gospel. And here I am stuck outside, and every step just feels like an eternity to get in here. And when we're talking about sin, as you're trying to serve Jesus, that's that idea of what sin does. It just holds you back. But when you're, when you're focused in on Christ and you've said, look, I don't have time for sin. I don't have a desire in my heart anymore for this. I want Jesus. When Jesus says, hey, come here, you're able to get up and sprint. You're able to get up and go, Let's, where are you sending me? I can't wait to go. That's real life, y'all. When all these like doubts, they don't come in your head anymore. And all this shame and guilt stops coming in your head. And all you hear is the voice of Jesus, and you're able to say, here I am. Why? Because you've been focused in on Jesus. Not held back by all that sin that's holding you back. That all these churches and all these people are telling us that sin just isn't a big deal anymore. Let people do stuff. As long as they don't hurt people, just let them do it. 
that's not what Jesus says. That's not how Jesus designed you. He designed you to live free from sin so you're living real life with him. So you can answer yes when he calls you. And look what it says next. It says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Jesus, does, he's not asking us just to walk behind him. He's saying, let's run. Let's get up and sprint this race together. And you can't run the Christian life if you're constantly grabbing on to sins all the way down the path, being dominated by these other desires. You can run when you're free of that. And you're looking at Jesus going, I just want to be by your side. Let me just get to you. Let me just run with you, next to you. That's a freedom that most people don't ever understand because they're not willing to give up the sin. They want to say they love Jesus and still go to church and confess so they feel better, but then at the end of the day, they still go back and embrace their sin and say, God, I can't because I love this too much. I love these things that dishonor you too much. And this author saying, hey, listen, Jesus designed you to run the race and to run it with endurance so you're not just getting two feet and then you're already tired by all the weight of sin that's holding you down. You're able to run freely with Christ and serve Him. And do the things He's calling you to do. Things that will blow your mind. Some of you just, you're like, that's hard to believe, but I'm going to tell you this. It's going to be hard to hear. You haven't asked Him yet. You haven't asked him what kind of awesome plans he has for you, or you wouldn't be looking back at me going, I don't know if I can believe that, because you'd be like, amen, Rob. Because you would have heard back. And he'd be saying, hey, listen, you can't even comprehend how awesome the plans are I have for you if you just ask. If you just say, yeah, let's go. I'm going to do this, God. So many of us don't even ask because we're too busy clinging on to this. Too busy holding on to sin to actually run with Jesus. And I was uh, helping this guy move his truck. His truck had broke down. And uh, you guys know Justin. He's a, it wasn't his truck that broke down, but he was obviously there because any truck that breaks down in Brevard County, Justin like smells it and he shows up somehow and he's got his wrenches out and he's covered in grease and he's working on it. So that's just how Justin is, right? And so Justin's there. <laughs> And, uh, and we're helping. And Justin, you know, he's kind of like the, the brain behind it all. He always has to be that. So he's, he's up. He's in the truck. And he's, there's a couple of us there, and we're pushing. We're just, I'm, we're basically just the, the strong guys in the back, you know. Look how jacked I am, right? So we're back there. And we're pushing this truck, trying to get it on the trailer. And we are pushing and pushing and pushing. We're like, this truck is not that big. Like, it, it was like a small, like, Ranger, I think. It was not a big truck. And there's three big dudes. And we're like, no, what's going on? And so we keep, like, arguing with Justin. We're like, it's just not going. And we're, like, doing that thing. And all of a sudden, he's like, hey, guys, I just need to tell you, the emergency brakes on. We're like, oh, I'm gonna, oh, I did not love Jesus in that moment. I was just telling you why. Like, I was like, Jesus, I'm so sorry for the thoughts I thought about Justin in that moment, right? I was like, why? Why would you put the emergency brake on, man? You know better. How hard is it to push that truck because the emergency brake's on? You know, it's like, it's just holding you back. And that's the life that a lot of us are trying to live. 
We're back there. We're doing the work, right? We're pushing hard and we're sweating. And we're like, God, I'm trying. We're doing the Christian thing, right? But we're shooting ourselves in the foot because we never took off the emergency brake. We're still holding on to sin. We're still thinking sin's cool. It's okay to do. As long as I say I love Jesus, I can still sin. No, that's not what God says at all. You're putting the emergency brake on your life. You're slowing yourself down. And Jesus wants you running with him, okay? So it says, it says this awesome piece of advice for us that we have to know. This is how you do it. You can't just like man up one day, read a Francis Chan book, and then bling, I can just do everything. No, it's not like that. There is one way. Like I said before, this is a supernatural thing. You need supernatural power to do this. And if you don't have that, then you can't do this. That's just how it is. And so here's where the supernatural power comes from. Are you ready? He says, looking to Jesus. You thought I was going to blow your mind with some crazy big like theory, right? It's simple. It's so simple and so clear. God wants it so obvious to you that there is only one way. It's by taking your eyes off of that sin and putting it on the one thing that has a supernatural power to help you do this, and it's your Savior, Jesus Christ. A bunch of you guys just raised your hand and said you believe in Him. A bunch of you guys just raised your hand and told me, I follow Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That sin's going to keep calling you. The distractions of the world's going to keep calling you. Those really good grades are going to try to trump your efforts to follow Christ. Getting in that college and making mom and dad really proud of you is going to try to take up all your time and going to distract you from saying, Jesus, you have all of me. Being really good at that sport so people clap for you and you get really good at it and you get that applause is going to try to say, hey, listen, I'm more important and it's going to try to steal your focus from Jesus. Are any of those things bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad. But when you desire that more than Jesus, it's sin. It's idolatry. And it drags you down. You raise your hand. Proud of you. Now take that next step. And keep your eyes on Jesus. That's where the supernatural power comes from. And so it says this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the one who showed up and said, hey, Rob Jones, here I am. You need me. You're a broken sinner, Rob. You don't have the supernatural power to save yourself. Only I can do this. So here I am. And then I heard the voice of Jesus say I, I needed him, and I believed it, and I said, save me, God. And if you're a true believer tonight, that's what you did too. Jesus founded your faith. Jesus showed up and called you, and you responded and said, Lord, I do need you. Save me. And it says he's the perfecter. He didn't just start that faith in your heart. He brings it to completion. You know what he's doing tonight? Working in you. He's perfecting it as you listen to the words of God from the Bible that we're reading right now. As we read that scripture from Hebrews, he's working in your heart. The Holy Spirit's inside you, in your heart and your mind going, hey, listen to this. Hey, put your eyes on me. Hey, take that sin and toss it to the ground. That's the Holy Spirit in you working. That's Jesus perfecting your faith. And that's his job. 
He supernaturally comes along and he helps you believe more strongly and love him more every single day. That's what he does for us. And then it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. We get to look to Jesus on this race. Like we're out there jogging. Isn't it easier to run with people? You guys agree? Like if you go out by yourself and you go for a jog, if you've ever done that, right? Like some people are like, I don't never do that. But like you go for a jog and you do it by yourself. It's really boring. And I talk myself out of it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's just turn around and go back. But if I'm with people, it's easier sometimes because I can't turn back. I'm going to, you know, like we're in a group. We're encouraging each other. It's really cool to think that as we're running this race, Jesus is right in front of us. And I get to watch him. I get to watch his form as he runs. I get to watch his endurance. I get to see him turn around and smile and be like, Rob, you can do this. I get to have Jesus help me in this race. And that's what he's doing for you guys. He's helping you believe more in him every single day. And you get to run with Jesus. And it says he endured the cross. Jesus went and died for that sin that people today are going, no, it's not a big deal. As long as they're happy, as long as they're not hurting people. And Jesus is saying, then why did I go to the cross? Why were nails put through my hands and feet? Why did I die for those sins that you're saying are unimportant? You see, Jesus, it says, endured the cross, despising that shame that holds us back, that shame from sin and guilt. And then he does something awesome. It says, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He finished the work. He didn't leave it uncompleted, like incomplete. Jesus shows up and he dies for you and me. So our sins are forgiven. And you know what else your Savior did for you? He rose again. That's what Easter's all about this Sunday. Jesus, our Savior, rose from the dead. And he said, sin, you can't hold me back. Death, grave, you can't hold me down. I'm God. And when he did that, he looked at you and said, now you can do it too. Now I'm handing you life, eternal life and forgiveness if you trust me. Your part in this is you look back at Jesus and say, save me. Forgive me, I trust you. And Jesus did that for you and I. He endured the cross, despised the shame, it says, and he finished the work when he sat down on the throne next to his father and said, the work's done. I've done it. Now all Rob Jones and these kids at Firehouse and these leaders have to do is look back to me and accept it and believe him and trust his work in us. So he tells us, this, this, this author tells us, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. So look at this Jesus, the Savior who took all this hostility and violence from sinners. He endured it. Instead of just going, and like, dead, you're all gone. Like, he could have done that, right? He sat there and let them take his hands and feet and nail it to a cross. The God of creation let these dudes, these sinful, corrupt dudes, whip him and beat him. Kill him. Put him into a grave. And you know why he did it? You know why he willingly went to that? Look at this. So that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. He did it to save you. He did it to fix you your brokenness. And he did it so that you can look as you're running, 
You're able to look and go, Jesus, if you took that, if it was worth it to you to take that, then it's worth it to me too. So when you get down and you're like, man, I'm, this is hard. Living for Jesus is hard. It's like these, these grocery bags keep jumping in my hands and I keep getting held down by all these desires and temptations to sin. Look to Jesus. Look at what he did. Look at how he went to the cross. And remember that that sin that you're wondering, is this okay? Is the reason why Jesus hung here. Because it meant so much to him that you could be saved from that sin. That you could be cleaned and forgiven. It says, in your struggle against sin, you haven't yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And Jesus went to a cross. Jesus was tortured and beaten for you and your sin. And us, all of us here tonight, we're still alive, right? So if we're breathing right now, we haven't gone to the point of dying for the cause of Christ. We haven't been martyred. Jesus has. Because it was worth it. This joy, it says, that was set before him. You know what the joy was that made all this worth it for Christ? Glorifying God the Father. Our God is so glorious and so amazing that when he does this and shows you this love, he's glorified even more for loving us and forgiving us. Tonight, will you accept that love? Will you accept that forgiveness? And will you take that sin and go, I'm done with you. I want to live. Like, I want to live for real now. I want to get serious with Jesus at school and my family and the teams I play on at Firehouse. Like, I want to get serious with Jesus and run like crazy, free from all that weight. I just want to follow Jesus. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? The reason why I call this series Into the Wilderness is because we're going to start looking at Jesus in the wilderness resisting temptation and we're going to learn about sin and what sin is and how to resist it and some one of my challenge each week for six weeks is going to be to you that you memorize some scripture because we see that jesus uses scripture in his battle against sin and temptation and that's how we do it that's where that supernatural power comes from is when you take god's word and you think on it and meditate and the holy spirit comes along and supernaturally goes now obey Obey, do what it says. So when you're tempted and sin comes, you're able to look at it and speak scripture to it. And said, no, God said this, and I believe it, and I'm doing it. So I want to challenge you guys for the next couple weeks. Every week I want you to memorize a little piece of scripture. If you do, you come to Firehouse, go to the coffee house upstairs, say the scripture for memory. They're going to give you like some reward up there, some free stuff. That's awesome. That's like our way to motivate you. But here's the real motivation. The reward is priceless if you do this. It's more than a free coffee, all right? It will change your life as you battle sin, as you live free with Jesus Christ. Memorize scripture. Use that powerful weapon that God's given you. And the verse, we're going to put it up on the screen so afterwards when you look up here, you'll see it. But it's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, the first two verses that we just studied tonight. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I want to ask you to memorize that and think about it and pray it this week, okay? I want to pray for you guys right now. Father, I know that there are a lot of people in this room that raised their hand and they said they love you and I'm one of them, God. We believe you. We trust you, Jesus. You are our Savior. For those of us who can raise our hand, God, and we can say that with a clear heart, will you help us to run the race free? God, give us your supernatural power to throw this sin aside and see what it's like to be able to say yes 
when you call to live 100% for you. God, for those in the room that don't know you, that have never accepted you as their Savior or been freed from sin, they don't know what having a relationship with you means, will you cause them to speak with one of us before they leave tonight? Holy Spirit, will you just cause that question to roll around in their heart and mind so that they can't even leave this place tonight without stopping and just going, hey, Rob, what did you mean by that? How do I know Jesus? How do I get saved and forgiven? God, I pray for their salvation that only you can work out in them. Be with us as we worship you right now. God, help us to worship you with clean hearts and hands. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.